um, we uh, thank the Lord um, for um, for His goodness, and we thank Him for His His mercy. Lord, there's nobody. There's there literally is nobody like Jesus. There just it it, it just it, it it just there just isn't anyone like like our Lord. So and we and we and 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 there isn't enough that we can say about Him, but. We're going to attempt to say something about him today. We're going to glorify God. Now, we last week talked about um, some really important things. Uh, we are back. Uh, the Bible says this, Psalms 27, verse number three. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me in this, amen, in this will I be confident, amen. We thank the Lord for his, his word. And we're going to dig into this. Last week, we talked uh, about uh, several things. Okay, um, One of the things that we talked about uh, is uh, when we look at the scripture text, okay, verse number three says, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. We talked about a bit about um, um, the word host in our scripture here, though a host should rise uh, against me. And we discovered that the word host is in the civilian sense. And the word um, in the uh, Hebrew is makana. And when we define that word, um, the word, um, um, the word host um, breaks down to be the word camp. So when we say a host, we are saying a camp, but the sense of this word is that it is not just any camp. It is a civilian camp. And when we say civilian camp, what we mean by that is, is that it was a temporary, it represented the camp consisted of temporary living quarters where a group of people, um, you know, of, could live together. All right. And one of the things that we talked about was, was that there was a difference when this word is used here in the scripture versus how we would use campers. When we think of campers, we, th we literally think of someone going out to the wilderness somewhere or to the forest or somewhere in nature and they um, bring out their, uh, their tents and all of those sorts of things. And, and, um, and, and they are camping. They got their, you know, their uh, tent and all that kind of stuff. Will we call that uh, a camping or, a, you know, campers? Um, in the scripture, though, that is not the same thing. It doesn't represent that. So um, what that word campers or those who will be referred to as campers uh, were those who were uh, often travelers. So travelers were simply were referred to at times as campers. And we talked about that there, there, there were different types of campers. We talked about that there were travelers, uh, just travelers going to and fro. They would be considered uh, uh, campers. Then tradesmen. So these are your folks who are uh, working in any craft or any skill, and they're moving from place to place, and they're working where they go. They are called, or they were called, campers. And then also we learned that the word we learned about the, that soldiers also. Um, and when we talk about soldiers, we just we talked about it in two senses. We talked about the soldier from the perspective of the soldier who is. Um, engaged in warfare or is a part of a war, a campaign. But then we talked about 
the soldier that um, is not in necessarily any wartime, but he is traveling on assignment for whatever it is, but it's not for, um, you know, for, for war or anything like that. Well, those soldiers who were traveling, okay, not um, um, per se going to participate in any sort of conflict or battle, <coughs> these soldiers were also referred to as campers, okay? Right, so they were referred to as campers. We talked about how how uh, Jacob, when he wrestled with the angel, and in that place he called it Mahanam, um, uh, which uh, which really meant um, God's camp. Okay, was really it was that was a word. Mahanam was a word to signify that it was um, God's camp, not just any camp. And so we also went further, and we discovered that this that that. that yeah, soldiers who are traveling, not engaged in warfare, all right, um, were considered campers. But we also discovered that and 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 established that those soldiers who were um, engaged in combat or conflict, they were also considered um, um, they were also considered campers as well. So as you can see, this word host or this word uh, which breaks down or or works out to be the word uh, camp or refers to camp you can see that there are a variety of different uh, meanings. This word, uh, mechana, okay, for host or for camp. Also, we, just, we talked about last week how um, it can signify a nation set against another nation. And we learned that in Exodus 14 and 20. I'm not gonna read that, um, but for those of you who are keeping your, um, who are taking notes, Exodus 14 and 20, um, the word mechana or this host represents that uh, can signify a nation over against another nation. So each specific nation is considered a camp. Amen. The other thing, um, also this word mechanum, okay, also um, can refer to a larger division. It can, it can, it can, it can, it can it's a word that can be used to refer to um, the various divisions within the uh, Israelite camp or the Israel, Israelite nation. Okay, so on the tribal level is what I want you to think about. So we got within the nation of Israel, we have learned or we should know at this point that that consisted of 12 tribes, amen, the sons of Jacob, okay? We've got 12 tribes and each tribe as they grew and as they expanded, as they prospered, okay? As they got to a certain point, when referring to those individual tribes on a individual basis, they were also referred to as uh, a camp. So you had your the camp of Judah and the camp of Benjamin and the um, camp of Issachar and the camp of Levi, so so on and so forth. And you had all of these, you had all of these camps. And then we also this we also um, discovered that this word camp can also refer to the people of Israel as a whole. So if we take it on a total. Uh, national level and not break it out into the individual tribes, but we take all of the tribes collected together, then this word camp refer, you know, can refer or did refer to um, Israel. Okay, And we see that, um, an example of that in Exodus 19 and 16. And by the way, I didn't give you the scripture, but for um, the uh, camp um, being referring to the individual tribes or on the tribal level, um, for that, you can look at Numbers uh, chapter 1, verse 52. That's your scripture um, to, uh, to back and to support that up. But, um, but back to this part about it representing the national level of the, um, of the uh, Israelite people. 
um, we have Exodus 19 and 16. And again, I'm not going to read that right now because I want to, we're, we're, we're going somewhere. But lastly, we ended last week talking about what camp are you a part of? And, and, and hopefully for those of you who were a part of that um, yet last week's lesson, hopefully that that left you with something to think about or something to talk with someone about that you know um, really is in need of making um, some changes, making some uh, a different set of moves um, in their life. God has a camp, okay? And Deuteronomy 23, 14 um, shows us that, okay? God has a, a camp. And God, as we learn from Numbers 15 and 35, God, God doesn't tolerate sin, okay? God does not tolerate sin. Deuteronomy 23, 14 says, for the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be what? Holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee and turn away from thee. That was Deuteronomy 23, verse 14. God, the, and I, we said this on last week, Okay, your household, your family unit is considered or would be considered a camp. A camp can refer to everything that belongs to you, everything that is about you. That is your camp. And when we take that concept and we look at it in the light, under the microscope of Deuteronomy 23 and 14, under the microscope of what we learn in that scripture text, then what we learn is, is that God wants to be a part of your camp. Notice the language of the scripture. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp. Whose camp? Your camp. Your camp. Your camp. He says, the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp. Why are you doing it, God? To deliver you. In your camp, you're going to run across some, some there's going to be some situations sometimes. There's going to be circumstances sometimes. And you, guess what, are going to need some deliverance. So what is God doing? He says, I'm offering, I won't hear, I'm, I'm the Lord that God that walks in your camp. I'm the one who's there. Amen. God is saying, I'm the one who's, who you, you, you might not even realize it. And some of you listening today might not have realized that God has walked into your camp. Now, I don't mean he's staying in your camp, and I don't mean he's in there right now, but God has visited. See, because whether what determines how long God is going to stay in that camp or not is holiness. Look at the language of the scripture, okay? For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before thee. That means to make you be victorious over your enemies or situations or trials or circumstances. God wants to give you victory. Therefore shall thy camp, again, whose camp? Your camp, my camp. Therefore shall thy camp be what? Holy. Brothers and sisters, the Lord commands us to be holy. Brother Walker, is that really important? Yes, it is. Look at the rest of the scripture. That he see no unclean thing in thee. Notice what he said. No unclean thing. Why you want us to be holy? So I don't see nothing unclean. Is what the scripture is telling you. What That is God's reason for wanting you to be holy in the camp. Why? So that he see no unclean thing 
and he turned away from thee. Notice the language of the scripture. What it is simply telling you is, is, is that the camp has to be holy because if God comes through and the camp is dirty and the camp is unclean, it is filthy. It is, it is overladen with the things of this world and, and the, and the uh, concepts of this world. When he comes to your house, your camp, when he comes to your territory, your home, again, your camp, when he comes to check out all that belongs to you, God wants to be a part of your camp. God wants to dwell with you. God wants to be there in the midst of you. Why? In case you run into some situation. Remember, he did say the Lord God that delivers thee. So he wants to be a part of it. But if God shows up and you're not ready, Lord have mercy. If God shows up and your camp's not ready, and your camp's dirty. How can it not be ready? By him showing up and he finding unclean thing. Now, I want you to notice the language of this thing. The scripture says that he see no unclean thing in thee. So, and notice he didn't say unclean things, plural. He said unclean thing, singular. Meaning that there is no, there is no, I can do a little bit of this. I can live a little like that. And I can live a, a, live a little like these folks over here or worldly. And that'll be okay. I, as long as I got some stuff going in the right direction, that, that, that's going to work out. God's going to be a part of it. Brothers and sisters, be not deceived. Don't even let the devil almost lie to you. I'm telling you right now, as sure as you are listening to me right now, when God shows up and if your camp is full of worldliness, he is not going to stick around long. It's just not going to happen. You can't listen. You cannot hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can't listen. You can't you, 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 you are not a, you, you're not a good witness. You're not any of those things. You are simply not where you need to be. And when that happens, God, God has no intention of just sticking around. Now, what God wants to do is clean you up. What God wants to you, for you to do is come to yourself, come to that place of repentance. You got to turn from your wickedness. You got to stop sugarcoating it and calling it something that it is, that, that something that makes you sleep well at night. No, listen, sin is still sin. Okay. And God is shows no favor favoritism towards sin. There's no partiality. God's not going to negotiate with it. Okay. There, there's not, God's not going to say, come to you and sit at your table and, 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 and be like, okay, well, you know what? Okay. You're going to have to give up this, this, and this, you can keep that. And you know, I don't really like it, but you can have that. But as long as you hold on God, no, 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 no. Holiness means to be pure. It means to be clean. It means to be undefiled. It means to be untainted. It means to be unblemished. That's what it means to be holy. Okay. The best thing of uh, the best way to think of holiness is take a glass of water and then introduce some food coloring or something to it. How it's pure at first, but then, and it don't take much, just a little drop of it. No matter how light or whatnot it is, it begins to infiltrate and it begins to show up in all of it. And then that water that was pure is guess what? It's not so pure anymore. So he says, Deuteronomy 23, 14, for the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee. 
you know, I, um, I remember, uh, you know, um, hearing stories for people um, uh, uh, in the military and how they would say that, you know, there would be those times where, you know, the, um, the sergeants or whoever's in charge would come and um, you didn't always know when he was coming to, to do a spot check. You didn't always know when he was coming to check out where you was going. I mean, there were certain times where you knew that there was going to be an inspection, but, they, but you had to be ready as a soldier because there's going to be times where, where some of those visits from that sergeant is going to be off the books and he's going to come in and he's going to be checking to make sure everything is, 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 is the way it is. Well, that's the same concept that is actually being referred to here when the Bible says, before the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp. What that means is, is that he's showing up whether he invited or not. Brothers and sisters, God is God and he can still do what he wants to do. And so God reserves the right to check out your life anytime he wants to. So there ain't a thing that you're going to just be able to get ready when you want to get ready. No, my brother and my sister, you've got to stay ready. You've got to live according to the spirit. You've got to follow the word of God. You've got to do that stuff and you've got to stay there. And the Holy Ghost will give you strength to keep you going in the right direction. Because it's not by power or by might, but the Bible plainly teaches it is by the spirit of God. Amen. It's by God that we're able to accomplish. So God says he's the God that walks through the midst of the camp. He just walk, he just showing up. But he's showing up to, and but notice, he's showing up, but the Bible says to deliver thee. So it means that he's showing up unannounced just in case you need help. Glory to God. See, some people think that God's showing up just so he can throw a thunderbolt at them and just so that God is can, can chastise them. They got God painted out to be something that he's not. Listen, God shows up, brothers and sisters, because he loves you. Because he loves you. He shows up. But he has high standards. And sin is not going to cut it. So when God shows up, wanting to make himself available to help you out if you need it. And then he walks into the room and the room is just a total disaster with sin. No, God's not going to stay, stick around too long. No, you go. Yes. That prayer. Guess what? That prayer that you're talking about that you've been going on, that's going to remain unanswered. God is not, God's not going to bless mess brothers and sisters. He has never done it. You're not going to find one scripture in the old Testament where he did it. You're not going to find another scripture in the New Testament. I am telling you right now, God does not bless mess. You got to be holy for the Lord your God is holy. Holiness is not, it's not optional, brothers and sisters. It's mandatory. It's not the exception. It is the absolute God-ordained rule. It must be present and accounted for. So, those are some of the things that we learned about that. God has a camp and that camp, it, you got to decide what camp is your camp going to be God's camp. And if your camp is going to be God's camp, are you ready for him to show up? Is God going to feel welcome when he comes to your camp? These are the things that we talked about. These are the, the things that, um, these are the things that we, um, um, that we, that we dealt with, um, these are the things that have come up from time to time. And, 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 and these are the things that we have to be mindful of. God can show up and not be welcome. And that's not a situation that you want. You do not want God to show up and God to be unwelcome. I know I don't want him to feel that way. I know that I, there, that, you know, listen, <clears throat> it's easy to fall into sin. And before you know it, 
you're doing what you got no business doing. All of us have been there, all of us. And we, and guess what? You're going to deal with that from time to time. But see, God's giving you the Holy Ghost. Hopefully, if you listen to me, you've been saved and you follow the, you follow the recipe. Where's the recipe? Acts chapter 2, verses 38, all the way through. Make sure you read that. That is the recipe. If you are not saved, that's what you got to do. No if and buts, no other alternative. Nope, that's what you got to do. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and read it all through the rest of it so you can not only know what you're supposed to do but you can know <clears throat> why god is doing it and who else god can do that for because nine times out of ten you are not the only one who needs to be saved all men need to be saved brothers and sisters so god wants us to uh god wants us to be saved god wants to be a part of the camp and he wants to be welcome in the camp but you can make the camp inhospitable you can have you can be lacking in the area of godly hospitality. I know that's a new phrase. That's because we probably just came up with that. Godly hospitality. See, godly hospitality is making things hospitable for God. Is it friendly for God? Is your life God friendly? Or are you anti-God? Is, is the way that you live, how about the way that you talk? How about the way that you treat one another? How about the way that you're living? How about the way, how about the way that you, for those of you who are still, um, who, who are still working, how about the type of employee? Are you at the job going off? Are you at the job talking crazy? Are you at the job yoking up with those that are engaged in foolishness and you know it? Listen, I don't care if it's only two people on the job. If the one other person on the job is full of the devil. You ain't got no business associating with that person other than to share the word of God. I don't mean you just go throw them away and you just go ignore them. No, but guess what? You know, what fellowship has light with darkness? God didn't call you to, God, listen, God didn't call you to blend in. He called you to stand out, brothers and sisters. We are called to be salt and light. Amen. Glory to God. I mean, you know, we, we did a whole breakdown on talking about light before. We're not going to get into that. Those are some of the previous lessons. But listen, God has called you to be light. God has called you to be salt. God wants you to make an impact. You ain't supposed to blend in. God does not have undercover Christian. Ain't no double O, double o Christian. That don't, that don't exist. That does not exist. And that's the devil that wants you to think. Why? Because the devil wants you to want the things of this world and the things of God as if it is possible for you to have the best of both worlds. Listen, there ain't no best of both worlds. It's either God's world. Listen, listen there, there is nothing that compares or is comparable to God's word or to God's world. There's nothing that compares to it. There is nothing that the devil can offer that is comparable to what God has. And when we bite into the offerings of the devil, listen, you are, you are settling for less. You are settling for the, you, you, don't, don't settle, brothers and sisters. Get all of what God has for you by walking right. Now, that don't mean every day is going to be, um, you know, full of rainbows and all kinds of just happy, go, happy things. No, no, no. It rains sometimes. Disappointment comes in sometimes. Hearts ache sometimes. Feelings get hurt sometimes. Words get said sometimes. We get on each other's nerves sometimes. Sometimes we don't seem to have enough. Sometimes it seems to be more lack than provision. Seems that way. It's not what it is, but it seems that way. But 
nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. It, no matter what the situation is, and it's hard to explain it to those who have never experienced it. But if you have, then you do know what I'm talking about. That even on your worst day, as long as you got God, you can be at your best. God, his presence literally takes the worst day and turns it into the best day. See, because as long as I got God, everything is going to be all right. And that's the same thing for you. And I want you to remember that this morning. As long as you got God, it's going to be all right. Now, the Bible says this in Psalms 27, verse number three. Though a host should encamp against me, all right? My heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. Now, we talked about the word camp, but now let's look at that word encamp because he said, though a host should encamp against me. Now, I want you to keep in mind, okay? Now, before I do that, let me do, do this. Encamp, let's look at that word. Encamp is a military term, okay? So that, when, and so when we say encamp, we are really referring to uh, a military action. So what are we actually talking about, okay? When we say encamp, Okay, we're talking about to set up when you encamp something, you set it, it, you, it is to set up a military camp in preparation for battle. Okay, or a military camp set up near a city so that you can besiege it. Okay, so when you encamp of something, you do it for one or two reasons you encamp it either because you're preparing for battle or because you're preparing to besiege something. Okay, now. I want to make sure you totally understand what we're talking about. When we say besiege something, for those of you who not, don't necessarily have the, a full understanding of that, let's go ahead and get that for us today. Besiege simply means to surround a place, okay? Keep that in mind. To besiege something means to surround it, but not just any way. It is to surround it with armed forces in order to capture it or force its surrender. I'm gonna say that again. To when besiege means to surround a place with armed forces in order to capture it or to force its surrender. Okay, that's what it means. That's what it. That's what it means. And now remember, in camp can mean has those two flavors. In camp, it's a mil It's it's a camp military camp that is set up either in preparation for a battle or to besiege, okay? So when you encamp, there's two flavors. You're either getting ready to, for a battle or you're getting ready to besiege, okay? And if it's the latter, if you want to besiege a place or besiege something, okay, then you are surrounding it with armed forces and you're doing so in order to capture it or you want to force its surrender. Now, we're going to tie all this stuff together because this is really rich. This is really good. Now, go back to the word host. And he says, though a host should encamp. And I know we just defined encamp, but let's look at, I want you to keep something in mind about host because we're going to tie all this stuff together. Now, when we talk about host, okay, the most important thing to remember about the host is, is that the host is here in this scripture, in our text, is used in the sense of a civilian group of people, okay? Now, when I say civilian group of people, I want you to think everyday 
people, okay? People from the common places of area. So I want you to think in your mind about the places that you go and the folks that you just casually meet, you just randomly meet. I'm, I'm, the things that are there, it's normal for you to go to places where you 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 frequent this and, and hopefully it's not nothing unholy, but, <clears throat> but, but I want you to get in mind that the just the places where you live your life. So whether the things and the activities and the things that you do as you are in, in life in general, those areas where you're subject to run into people, okay? Now, uh, so think about those everyday people or those people from the commonplace areas, okay? Areas of life. These are the people whose presence, okay? No matter what they are doing, their presence is temporary. Remember, go back to what I told you about when we first talked about hosts in the civilian sense. And it was in the sense of it was temporary. Okay. So now we're really lighting into that. We're really digging into this right now. Okay. So now this host, keep in mind, okay, that this, these comment, these people, these everyday folks that that's being referred to here. All right. These are the people that you meet in that you're subject to meet anywhere. And regardless of where you meet them, where you come in contact with them, their presence, no matter what they're doing in the vicinity of where you are, their presence is temporary. They are, for all intents and purposes, seasonal. Or their presence in, their, in our lives is for a season and it is not meant to be permanent. They are transitional. I want you to keep that in mind. Keep that in mind when you talk about hosts because it's in the sense of a civilian. It's in the sense of, of folks who are passing through. They are temporary. And I cannot stress that. They, their presence in your life is temporary. They are not permanent fixtures. These are the people that, are com that come up from time to time. Now, I want you to understand something. There are some things, amen, there are some things in our lives, okay, that are temporary as they are, as there is a season for everything. And Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 tells us to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Amen. And you can read the rest of that and you go all the way through uh, 22 if you want to, but I think verse one is, is, is enough. There's a season for everything. Everything has a season. Everything has an appointed time. One scripture tells us that the Lord has made all things beautiful in its time or in its season. Amen. That, 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 that there is a place and there is a time for a thing. There is a place and a time for a relationship. There's a place and time for a fellowship. There's a place and time for work. It does not matter. You literally, you really can go through the rest of Ecclesiastes and you will really see that. That's going to really show you right there that there is a time and there is a season for absolutely everything. Now, with that in mind, the host or these, tr these transitional people or these temporary people, okay? Now, although the presence of the people are temporary. Now we're going to build on this. Sometimes the host or this civilian camp or these, or when we say civilian camp, we mean the everyday folks. Okay. The people you meet in life. Sometimes everyday folks, people that you just meet or people that you have to deal with, they shouldn't, they, they, 
people that are so temporary that they really shouldn't even have a problem with you. But sometimes, even those that are temporary, people and things that come into your life on a temporary basis, there are times when they will encamp against you with the intent to besiege you. I know that that's that that and that, that that's deep, but but that's that is literally what is going on, and that is the way that it is. And I want you to keep that in mind because remember we talked about what it meant to uh, encamp, and it meant part of it meant to either prepare to set up a camp in preparation for a battle or to or set up a camp near a city to besiege it. And we said that besieging means to surround a place. Okay, with armed forces, with the intent of either capturing it or forcing its surrender. And there are times, brothers and sisters, where people come into your life and they and 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 that are temporary at best. They're not even gonna be there long, but for whatever reason, people that probably don't even hardly know you, and sometimes people that you that you do know, but you've never had a problem with them before. But all of a sudden, they begin to operate under the influence of the enemy. And before you know it, these folks who are so temporary at best have begun to encamp or to surround your life with the intent to besiege it they 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 have now surrounded your life and remember we said your life is your camp that means everything that pertains to you see sometimes the problems and persecutions we face sometimes they come from everyday people or from everyday situations sometimes they come from the common places of and the or the common areas of life what does that mean, Brother Walker? It means that sometimes the situation, the things that you deal with come from the areas where you least expect it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm hopefully is getting across to you today. Sometimes those that shouldn't even have nothing, nothing they, there shouldn't be no conflict. There should be no problem. There should be no issue. But there are times where the influence of the enemy on them is so great that they begin to act out. And before you know it, you feel like you are being besieged. You are being surrounded. Glory to God. You feel like you're being surrounded by negativity, surrounded by, by, by naysaying, surrounded by faithlessness, surrounded by people who don't believe, surrounded by folks who have, who have a, a concept of the glass is, is half empty, folks who believe everything is that nothing is going to work. People who, who are there to be roadblocks and almost like they professional roadblockers. People who are there to make life harder. People who have no intent of making a thing easy, but instead they want to make it harder. There are some times where you come across the people and places and, and situations in your life that where you least expect it, they become the opposition. They become the host. They start out they're temporary, but all of a sudden, because they're responding and they're acting out according to the influence of the enemy, and see, and that's the problem with being not having the Holy Ghost. Being, it's a problem whether you have it or have the Holy Ghost or not. But it is a really exceptional problem when you don't. See, when you have the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost He's gonna lead you and guide you into all manner of truth. So the Holy Ghost is gonna prick your conscience. The Holy Ghost is gonna pull your coattail. 
The Holy Ghost is going to tell you that you messing up and that you and that you are walking in the wrong direction, that you're going in the wrong way, that you have gone too far, and you need to come back to the middle of the road. You need to get back to that straight street, the one that is narrow. Yeah, the, the, the Holy Ghost will tell you that. But when you are dealing with people who do not have the Holy Ghost or you come in contact with the people who do not have the Holy Ghost, listen, the devil say jump and they say how high. Now, for us, it's worse when we have the Holy Ghost because we willfully doing it. But those who are in the world, they don't even know. They don't know that they are doing the devil's bidding. To them, it is what everyone else does. And it is no thought for those who are worldly to do things that fall in the category of ruthlessness or, 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 uh, or be unconsidered, whatever it is that you want. They don't have the Holy Ghost pulling on them pricking them, calling them out of the thing that they're doing that's wrong and calling them right back to that. No, they don't have that. So think it not strange when this world gives you a whole lot of something for nothing. You ain't minding your own business. You're living, you're trying to do what you're supposed to do. And all of a sudden, problems arise. All of a sudden, situations arise. But David said, when this happens, he said, my heart shall not fear. Look back at Psalms 27 and 3. Amen. Glory to God. Though a host should encamp against me, he said, my heart, my heart shall not fear. In spite of this, he says, my heart shall not fear. Now, <clears throat> heart in this text, all right, in this scripture, refers to the mind, okay? It's a, it, is, it is referring to your it is referring to uh, all that is your, the place of your conscience, your mind, your emotions, all your knowledge of your, uh, all of that, okay? It, 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 when we talk about heart, what we're talking about is you, the center of your, your, your consciousness, your, 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 the center of your emotion, okay, is what we're talking about, right? Um, your that place of the knowledge that's what we mean by by conscious of that place of the knowledge of right from wrong your con that place right there all right so if you think about it if you describe that when he talks about your heart he's talking about you he's talking about that that the the center of you that place in you that where where all where your thinking is done and all it, it, it had nothing to do with the organs and and all the internal no 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 it had nothing to do with all that but it is talking about when we talk about that we're talking about that life that god breathed in you and you that that breath that he breathed in you and you became a living soul that man became a living soul the breath of life that all that everything that resides right in there and what david is saying here is that when the enemy or excuse me, when the, when the, not just the enemy here, but what he's saying is when he said, when he says the host, when he's saying when those who were never even supposed to be my enemy, and that's what he means here. That's it also, it can refer to those who are enemies, but it also refers to those who were not enemies, those who should not have a problem with you. Those areas of life where conflict came, where you least expected it. So this is the place, this is, this, this is that group of folks that you never in your wildest imagination thought or considered that you would have a problem. So when it came up, it blindsided you. It hit you out of nowhere. And everybody knows the hardest hit to endure is the one that you didn't know was coming. 
See, if I know a hit is coming, I can brace for it. But when you don't know that something is coming or whatever else it is, that thing hits you square on. And I'm telling you, it can knock the wind out of your sails. It can put you on your back. It can put you in a place where you don't know, you, you don't even know where you are. You don't know what you're, it, 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 you don't know whether you're going or coming. You are just so surprised and overtaken and outdone by what has happened. Why? Because it occurred when I least expected. One scripture says I was wounded in the house of a friend. See, that's hard to get hurt from the areas where the people are supposed to love you the most and protect you the most. This is what happens in marriages. This is why this, and, and from, time, from time to time, when we say things and we hurt one another, there are some things that you think that your spouse would not do or would not say or would not go. And sometimes they cross that line. But, and, 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 and so it becomes a hit that you don't expect. And it hurts you on a deep level. Same thing in a, in a, in a, in a parental relationship or a friendship, doesn't matter. You don't think in your wildest dreams that anything, and I mean anything, would have ever come about. No problem, you never, you, you never would have thought you had a problem in that area or would have an issue in that area. But then all of a sudden you do. And it's with the person that you least expect it from. But David said this, and he's offering this to us today. God is offering us this today. He said, my heart will not fear. When he talks about that heart, he is talking about that place of peace where you are centered, where you are focused, every, your thinking, everything comes to every look, everything comes together. You he, he is talking about that place. And he says, I will not fear. That word fear simply means to feel anxious or apprehensive about a situation or event. So in other words, I get a little skittish when things, you know, when, 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 I, when, I, when I take a hit that I wasn't expected because now I, I, I'm afraid that it's going to happen, that it's going to happen again. And see, and sometimes the enemy will, when the enemy or when life um, will situations and then when people who are not supposedly that supposed to be the enemy, but when they are influenced and act out on accord of the devil and so they start playing the part of the enemy and uh, when that happens, it, it, it can hurt you to a certain point and it can cause you to become anxious and apprehensive. <laughs> you're not sure about things. You're, you, 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 you have, you there, there's a sense of anxiety and, and, and you're, you, you're leery of, 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 of even dealing with this person and dealing with this situation or dealing with this thing. Why? Because I have been surrounded and that's what it is when things happen unexpected. It is the equivalent of being surrounded. And, 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 and it can hit you and hurt you so bad and so deeply that you want to give up. And remember I told you, when you besiege something, you, let you, you surround it with armed forces to either capture it or you force its surrender. And sometimes situations and circumstances will come up and it will attempt to force your surrender. It attempt to capture and take everything. But David said, I, my heart shall not fear. I love this because the, uh, this, 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 what this literally means and what David was saying, what God was saying is, is that though, though a host should encamp against me, all right? Though the unexpected should come and surround me and attempt to over 
throw me and an attempt to call, force me to surrender and an attempt to take over everything. He says, even in this situation, he says, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of those whom the devil is using in this circumstance, regardless of the opposition, etc., etc., it doesn't matter what it is. He says, regardless of all that, I will not allow or it will not be allowed to destabilize me. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's what he means when he says, my heart shall not fear. He's saying, I won't be destabilized. He's saying, I won't be rocked and thrown off balance. He said, I might get caught, you know what I'm saying, unawares. It might catch me by surprise, but it's not going to change my heart. It's not going to change my mind. It's not going to change my sense of right and wrong. I'm not all of a sudden because hard times have hit me. I'm not going to all of a sudden take a back seat on what's right and, you know what I'm saying, and substitute it for what's wrong. The Bible says, woe to them that call good evil and evil good. But David was saying, even in the midst of a surprise attack, in the midst of the enemy surrounding me and attempting to overthrow, want to take my peace, want to take my mind, want to take my family, want to take my job, want to take all of these things. David said, look, in spite of all that, not even that's going to destabilize me. Not even that's going to rock me. Not even that is going to cause me to become emotionally unstable. And brothers and sisters, I know this is talking to somebody because some of us are emotionally unstable unnecessarily. And I'm going to ask the question, how long are you going to let things that you cannot control dictate, you know what I'm saying, your stability and your peace? God has given you victory. God has given me victory. And God has given us a way to access that victory. He has given us the word. And when you use the word, I'm telling somebody right now that there ain't nothing more powerful than the word of God. See, I can put the word of God on any situation in any circumstance. And I don't care how dark that thing looks. It's going to come out because when God comes in, when God steps into the situation, Listen, do you know that when God comes into the room, nothing is going to be the same? God got the ability to change everything from top to bottom, from left to right, in and out. God can get in and God can make a thing work when it seems like there is no way for it to work. David said, my heart shall not fear. He said, my center of being, my emotional state, my conscience, all that is me is, I'm, listen, I am not getting ready to release all of that, the peace that God has given to me. The Lord said, peace I give unto thee, not as the world give it, give it I unto thee. Listen, the peace that God gives, do you not know that it passes all understanding? Do you know that the peace of God will hold you in the most rocky of situations? Do you realize that the peace of God is never off balance? Do you realize that the peace of God is never wobbly? The peace of God is never flimsy. The peace of God, peace of God is never unstable. But I'm trying to tell somebody that the peace of God is a solid rock because God is a rock. I love the scripture that tells Tells us, take me to the rock, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Listen, when you are faced with the most dire of situations and you don't know how to get over it, I'm going to save you some time. Number one, don't try to get over it on your own. Number two, you know what I'm saying? Abandon your plan to get over it and accomplish something. Number three, 
know what I'm saying? Take up the cross and follow God. Listen, if you will just follow God, he's going to take care of everything else that affects you. You don't even have to worry about it. You don't even have to put your focus on it. You ain't got to waste all your prayers at night praying over the same old thing as if God is hard of hearing. Can I tell you that God heard you the first time? Somebody, I hope somebody remembers the scripture in the book of Daniel. Daniel was praying. God was sending an answer. But that angel got held up. The answer to Daniel's prayer got held up because that angel came in conflict, you know what I'm saying, with the enemy. And he had to fight. But when it finally got there, that angel let Daniel know that God heard you when you first called. When you first called. When you first called. And do you know that God is hearing you? Do you know that if you are walking according to the scripture and you are trying to live holy, do you know that God hears you? He hears the silent prayer. He also hears the prayer that you also, you know, took some time to confide in somebody else, but they just weren't able to help you. God knows it all. And God's got it all. David said, I, he said, my heart shall not fear. He said, all that is me shall not be destabilized. And I want you to know today that if God is for you, he is more than the world against you. Listen, hold it. Keep the porch light on. If you've been praying and you waiting on God and you need God to, to do something, maybe you've been calling on him. Maybe you've been, been, been waiting for him to show up and he hasn't shown up yet. And, you, and you're starting to get a little answer. You're starting to wonder if God has even heard you. I want to remind you, God heard you the first time you called. And maybe you're starting to Maybe time seems to have worn on some, and, and now it seems like, well, you know what? Is a I, I know that God is able, but um, but maybe He just don't want to do that for me, or maybe you know there, there, there's something else. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn the lights off, and we, you know, and, and, and thank God, thank you, God. I still believe. Let me tell you something. Hold on to your faith. Don't let it go. Don't let it go for nobody and nothing. I am telling you that God Almighty will come through. If he spoke a word, I am telling you he is a God of his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I'm telling you God is a God of his word. And if he told you he going to show up, maybe you waiting for God to do something for a loved one. Keep the porch light on. Maybe you want God to say something to somebody that you couldn't quite express. Keep the porch light on. Maybe you need God to do something, intervene on a job. Keep the porch light on. Maybe you need God to work a miracle in your body because sickness has seemed to ravage it. You keep the light on. You keep the porch light on and you hold out, you wait. I'm telling you when it seems like all of the watches of the night have, are about to expire, then God is going to show up. God is going to show himself strong and miraculous. And I am telling you right now that I know it seems hard and it gets difficult and everybody wants to give up sometime. Listen, you are not, listen, you are, there's not, there's nothing wrong because you have human moments and you have those times when you feel like you want to give up and you feel like you can't make it and you feel like you want to throw in the towel. It's all right, my brother, it's all right, my sister, to feel that way. But I'm trying to tell you that you can't stay right there. It's all right. Tell God how you feel about it. God cares. The Bible says, you know, to cast all your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because he careth for you. When your heart is broken, bring it to God in prayer. When your mind is disappointed, bring it to God in prayer. When you have dealt with persecution,
persecution and you feel disrespected, bring it to God in prayer. He cares about how you feel. But I want you to know this, that when you bring something to God in prayer, you're not just bringing it to a God who's a shoulder to lean on and is willing to hear you, an ear that you can talk into, but you are talking to the God of heaven and earth. You are talking to the God that got all power, who got up on that third day. That's what the Bible says. And I'm telling you, if that Bible says he got up on that third day, I believe it with everything in me. That's the God who not only can hear you, but he's the God that can do something about whatever it is that you're going through. David said, my heart shall not fear. My center of being, my peace of mind, he said, it ain't going nowhere. It don't matter what the intentions of the enemy, the devil meant it, the world meant it for harm and for destruction. They surrounded everything, but I am telling you, it reminds me of the prophet that was surrounded in the city of Dothane and his servant and the young man got up to take care of his normal duties and when he went out there he looked and saw that the city was besieged and all of a sudden they were surrounded, they had been encamped by a physical enemy and he ran and told the prophet, the, the, guess what? We are surrounded. We are in a bad way. We are in a strange, we are in a, we are in a bad situation. And that prophet prayed unto the Lord and asked the Lord that he would open his eyes so that he might see that the hills were full of chariots of fire. I'm trying to tell you that the joke is on the devil when he think he got you surrounded because God has taken captivity captive. I'm telling you that when the enemy thinks he has gotten you surrounded, if you can just look through the lens of the spirit, if you will just use your spiritual eye, you will begin to see that though the enemy seems to have you surrounded, God got the enemy surrounded. And if God be with you, he is more than the world against you. God is unstoppable. God is undefeatable. God does not know loss. Do you hear what I'm telling? He does not lose. God can not lose. God will come through. He just wants to illustrate his glory on somebody that's willing to keep the porch light on when you want to turn it out because your heart has been hurt in so way, many ways. You might want to give up on a marriage. You might want to give up on a child, but I'm telling you, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They don't mount up on weeks. I'm just trying to tell somebody. I'm trying to speak some faith to somebody. Don't you give in. Don't you turn away. Don't you stop believing that the marriage is going to turn around, that the situation is going to turn around, that my kids are going to come back home, that loved ones are going to be saved, that my boss is going to get a clue, that things are going to work out. If God is for you, brothers and sisters, who can be against you? Who is like our God? Who is like our God? Amen. Praise God. Wow.